0: Hello and welcome to For Your Reconsideration, a film podcast in which three film school graduates reassess the maligned, underseen or financially disappointing films from filmmakers far more talented than they are. We assess whether these pictures deserve the less than optimal reception they got on release and whether they are now worthy of your time or should remain in the obscure hinterland they currently occupy. My name's Rob, and as always, I'm joined by my cinema-loving chums, Simon and James. How are you doing, boys?
1: Very well, thank you, Robert. I am
0: great. Cheers, Rob. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. Um, I believe uh, it's probably, this being the first uh, episode and all, probably the right time to ask the question, well, why this? Why for your reconsideration, and why for us
1: three? Um, Well, not that the world needs more opinions from white males, but... um... (laughs) But uh, I guess it was—I would not say my idea. It but was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, yes. yes, it was. Everyone's a film critic nowadays, I guess. Yeah, you know, which Us is included, fine. Apparently, well, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but everyone's a film critic, which you know, everyone's entitled to opinions, of course. And measured film criticism is sort of essential to the conversation of films and filmmaking. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I'm beginning to find that the online space, in particular, places like Twitter. Uh, it's become a very negative and almost smug and snobby, like, echo chamber, um, as if it's really easy to, you know, like, make a film. And I just th- feel a lot of the time films are just getting really harshly treated. Uh, films in the past have been harshly treated, and films in the future will get harshly treated. Mm. And I just think rather than trying to look for the negatives in films, which I feel a lot of people do nowadays, Let's try and pull out the positives from like even what's considered the worst of films. Um because sometimes films fall by the wayside and hopefully we're going to try and say to people, you know, give this
2: film a watch. It deserves another chance basically.
0: Yeah. I love that I love that central message. It's nice and pure. I like yeah, it. Yeah.
2: Fantastic. I think uh, say si, your original idea was to ha- do sort of a YouTube channel, wasn't you? And, yeah, it uh, was. I mean, with all the fun editing bells and whistles and uh when you shared that idea with me, I was like, I- I'd quite like to get involved with that, but that sounds like a lot of work. It so, really, uh, really would be. I'm glad, I'm glad we've, yeah. we've diverted into a
1: conversational podcast because it's yeah, uh, exactly. a lot easier. Definitely. Plus, there's hardly Plus, any yeah. film podcasts out there. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a barren wasteland. There's nothing. The market is not uh, saturated.
0: Uh, no, no. Um, I think um, I was very delighted when you guys um, invited me along to be along on the podcast. Um And then I realised, actually, it's because I have the worst taste in films imaginable, (laughs) (laughs) and that is why you asked me. (laughs) And I'm happy watching all sorts of tripe, which I, you know, the listeners are going to find out I love a good, bad movie. I mean, I... You do not want to see my Blu-ray collection. You
1: don't <laughs> want it I have, and he's right. Yeah, you don't You don't want to see it. <laughs>
0: um, so uh, with this being a film podcast, we're, we're actually going to get on to the, um, the film of the week in due course. But we're always watching stuff all the time, aren't we, boys? So what have you guys been watching this week?
1: I, I haven't really had time to watch that much, but I did catch that Netflix film Velvet Buzzsaw last week, oh. which... I really liked. There's plenty to love about it, no less the performance from Gyllenhaal is Oh, it's brilliant. so good. So so, so good. good. He's just really, you know, play that sort of stereotypical art critic. Camps it up to the
2: max. Um, He's very, very good. Yeah, he's loving it, isn't he? Like, he's absolutely just going for it. I I think he's fantastic anyway. Like, I'll watch him read the phone book. I think he's a brilliant actor. Yeah, he is, Ace. Um, He's
1: really, really good. He throws himself into every role he does. Yeah. It was great. It was good. But ultimately, I was a bit disappointed because it just felt like a remake of the first half of Ghostbusters (laughs) 2. Ooh, now we're talking. And then it just finished. Like, there was no closure, I don't think. But it was a good film. It's definitely worth checking out. I, there's plenty to love about it. Looks great. Performances are great. And it's really surreal, really weird film. So, yeah, it was good.
2: Yeah, it's the you see, Nightcrawler team, isn't it? So it's Dan Gilroy and Robert Ellsworth and DP and Jake Gyllenhaal. You know, and Nightcrawler's one of my favourite films for the last 10 years. So uh, I think I liked it a little bit more than you did, Cy. Si, but, uh, yeah, I, I echo what you say in terms of. It's going for satire and like how art and commerciality don't mix, but it's just like, yeah, we know. <laughs> like, that's the point of the movie. But, what have you guys been watching? Um, so this week, I've been tr- desperately trying to catch up on stuff that I've missed from 2018. So I happened to notice that the Academy Award winning and BAFTA winning documentary Free Solo was on this week. Ah, and not seen that. On National Geographic, and uh, what it is is it tells the story of this guy, Alex, whose surname escapes me, great research, who's going to free solo, which means climb without a rope, up uh, El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. Um, So obviously, as you would expect for this type of film, it's got amazing visuals like of of real great uh, rock climbing photography. Uh, and there's a very real possibility that he could die doing this, you know, just one slip and he's dead, nice. basically. It's like the opening of Mission Impossible 2, but done for real, essentially. They, d- they didn't do that for <laughs> real? <laughs> no, he pussied out and he had a little rope on. God, oh. Tom Cruise really needs to up you his are, game, doesn't you he? You have like. pulled back the curtain fully on Oz there, James. You
0: bastard. Day sufficiently ruined.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a fantastic documentary. It's really fascinating sort of character study. So in one instance, I really admire this guy and his dedication to his craft and wanting to leave a mark in you know his chosen profession of climbing up really high things with no safety equipment and then at the other end he's like this emotionally stunted man child who lives in a van and treats his girlfriend like a piece of shit so it's it's really really fascinating like i would absolutely i would very much recommend it i think it's excellent cool
0: cool um well you know, much to my embarrassment, uh, I've got to confess, I have not seen either of those, nor heard of either of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm obviously in the right place, uh, being the host of a <laughs> film podcast. In fact, that I That Netflix like...
2: subscription pays for itself, doesn't it, Rob?
0: It really does, yeah. Well, especially, I mean, uh, I have three kids and they uh, they do all the Netflixing in this house uh, that that subscription <laughs> needs. Um, but... Um, yeah, I thought you were throwing me a lifeline when you started mentioning Ghostbusters 2 and mission, <laughs> mission Impossible 2. That's we're like, just taking your balls, Rob. We're not actually I gonna know, go. Thanks, man. <laughs> um as for myself, um, as I mentioned, yeah, three kids doesn't give you a lot of time to to watch too much. Um but we uh were rewatching um Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um and um but we had to stop um halfway through actually because Because there, you realised
2: there... that life was too short. <laughs>
0: No, no. Uh, This is not a filmy thing, but we realised that there was a bad smell in the room uh, and a a bird had died falling down the chimney. Oh, God. And it was, so the the stench of decomposition was too much of us to carry on. Uh, So yeah, so that's the sum of what I've watched this week, I'm afraid, lads.
1: Great. Yeah, yeah. Good (laughs) week all round for everyone. It was,
0: it was. Uh, Shall we dive into this week's movie?
1: Yeah, what is this week's movie? Who who picked it this week? I'm...
0: I mean, I'm delighted to say it was me, so. <laughs> oh, <that> dear. <laughs> we, we have gone all in from the get go with 1993's Hard Target. Oh, my days. Jean Claude Van Damme.
2: <laughs> in the city of New Orleans, in a darker side of Dixie, away from
1: the music and the lights. There's a new game in town. You'll be provided
2: with a guide, trackers, and the weapons of your choice. I need to file a missing person report. The competitors are deadly. We pride ourselves in hunting only combat veterans, men who have the necessary skills to make our hunts more interesting. They always win. You want to find your father. Get somebody who knows the city to show you around. Now the opposition is about to get one last chance.
0: My friend, Mr. Boudreaux, Silver Star Marine Force Recon,
2: he's obviously not someone we should underestimate. He's an annoying little insect. I want him stepped on hard. We need to get out of here now. Ladies first. What? These men will chase after you. Be you mad at you for business or pleasure? Both. Look at it this way. You're gonna get to meet Elvis?
1: Give it a rest, pal.
2: Jean-Claude Van Damme is the hard target. You miss me? From internationally acclaimed action director John Woo. How's it feel to be hunted. You tell me. Hard target. I mean, I'm just going to stick my cards on the table here. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's episode one done. <laughs> so, uh, thanks, yes, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I mean, I think this film um, would hold a quite... Uh, it holds a very... Why I'd pick this one. There was a phase when I was sort of 19 Poor, from the age of fifteen to thirty-six, which is the present day, <laughs> I loved anything that um, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal did. Although Steven Seagal has segued away now that he's become sort of some Jim Henson Vladimir Putin creation,
1: <laughs> he's become the villain of his own movies. It's so he has, bizarre. He has,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I, you know, I hold that sort of golden era of Seagal of eighty-nine to ninety-one really, really. Really solidly, and then, um, but yeah, Van Dam, um, this is just peak van Dam, um so yeah let's let's get right into it, James, I believe you, you have a little quiz for us,
2: yeah, yeah, so just to sort of set up a bit of the background for the film, so just to bullet point through this, so this is John Woo's first American film, yeah, so obviously Ooh. he's already a big deal in Hong Kong, he's made the killer, he's made hard boiled, better yeah. tomorrow. He's, you know, he's no doubt got producers from America chasing him uh, to come over and do projects. And this is the one that he's deemed to do. After he was actually visited by Van Damme screenwriter Chuck Fafafara. <laughs> can't, can't pronounce that guy's name at all. And producer James Jack. So they pled the case and he went along with it. Ugh. Why this is kind of a groundbreaking film is that John Wu is the first Asian director to helm a Hollywood studio picture. Oh, wow. You mean it's not.
1: Groundbreaking because of Van Damme's hair. Well, we'll get on <laughs> right. <to> that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I
0: jumped in the How many pages gun. of notes gun. do we have on the hair in this one? I mean, I've got at least 10 myself.
2: <laughs> I must say, um, we're going to have a little bit of a quiz that is a little bit spoilerific. So, guys, if you've not watched the film yet, go away, watch it. And have you the best 90 it. minutes of your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come but back yeah. and listen to the rest of the episode. So, got three questions here for you guys. Um, first one's going to be a little bit of a stab in the dark from your uh, from your perspective, and then we'll have a bit. Of, the others a bit of guesswork, essentially. Nice. So, question one. Obviously, Van Damme came out to Hong Kong to pitch the movie to John Woo, but who did Woo actually want to play the lead role? Oh. Think of action stars from that period. Bruce Willis? Nope. Oh, oh, um, oh,
1: no, it's a John, is it John Carpenter? Um,
2: Kurt Russell. Oh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, how awesome would that have been? <laughs> oh. Kurt Russell is Chance Boudreau. <laughs> I mean, I don't think
1: <laughs> Kurt Russell uh, could get his leg as high as Jean Claude Van Damme can. No way. No but way. it would
2: have been had to be a tweak to the fight choreography, I
1: think. <laughs> the levels of acting would be great. But I'm happy with the silver medal for Van Damme, though. He's. <laughs> You know, how, I love how he came to say pitch so the movie and level.
2: almost got taken out of it by the director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do it, but not with them <laughs> So, Van Damme's on a pretty good run at this stage. You know, his uh,
1: kickbox has been done, hasn't it?
2: Kickbox, yeah, yeah. bloodsport, like, yeah. and then so he's he's sort of at the peak of his powers. He's right in the middle of his most of the height of his popularity, I would say. So. Yeah. Question two, oh. and this will give the listener a real sense of the content of this film. How many times was the film submitted to the MPAA, which is the uh, the equivalent of the BBFC in America, to get its R rating? Was it like NC-17 the entire time until? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so whoever gets the closest gets the
1: point. Uh, seven. Uh, let's say 17. <laughs> How many?
2: 17. One Seven. S- Seventeen. No size trounced you again, Rob. He's got he's got it banged on seven. Is he seven? seven. Wow, good yeah. break, No guys. way, no way. Guess. Amazing. Okay, and now the final and most important question. What is the body count of this particular Oh thing? god. <laughs>
1: oh.
0: Actually I, I think it's it's not as high as I thought it was going to be, I think.
1: I don't think that many people die. He just sort of knocks a lot of people out. Yeah. I don't know. And, I mean, I've and got shoots the answer. them many yeah. times
0: as well. Um <laughs> You know, why use one bullet when 17 will do again? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Body count. Let's go for uh, 54.
1: Simon? I'm going to go 32. 32
2: i oh, done you again, Rob. No, 34, no, no. including wow. the snake.
0: Thirty-four. Oh my god. Absolute word.
1: Guesswork. Wow, that's pretty good.
0: Nice, nice.
1: I'm impressed with uh, myself, I, especially because well, I, know so I just how many times that quiz. <laughs> <laughs> no. How many times you have watched this film, Rob? So I'm quite quite pleased with my uh, scores. The thing is, I mean,
0: like. I... When I was watching the film back again this week again for, like you say, the billionth time, um, I'm, I'm literally enjoying it so much that I'm like, I need to reach out to everyone I know and go like, I'm <laughs> having a great time here. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm enjoying myself. I just wanted to make contact with people to share the love that I, I felt that I was going through at the time. This also actually, um, we watched this together once, boys. I don't know whether you remember. Oh, uh, oh we how could I a, forget? Um, <laughs> we, we were <laughs> on a, a lad's holiday uh, to the Costa del Sol. And uh, no, we... Plus we plus. Had,
2: Blood. Blood, blood. <laughs> Anyone we, who knows we... us knows that that is not an accurate description. Yeah, that is not! <laughs> We tried to have a lantern. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, what we'd do would obviously we'd have a uh, have a high old time of an evening and then sleep in, and then in the morning you'd get up and you'd you'd have those first cross campos of the day with an offering from the DVD bag that I bought with me, which was usually either Van Dam or Segal, um, and this one was. I mean, we introduced this to a room full of boys that we knew what we were watching yeah. but the boys with us did not know they were not ready for this and they were uh, it was one of the greatest movie watching experiences of my whole
1: life it, yeah, if, you, just... if you're gonna watch a film with a group of your mates while you're like, <laughs> trying to like sweat out a hangover what a perfect film to do that oh maybe. yeah and by the end
0: you're so jazzed so ready you're gonna go and do it all over again
2: <laughs> straight back out and by on the it. end of it we're sweatier than van damme is at the end of this film. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, so what did you guys? You know, overall, I'm getting um, an undercurrent of positivity from you both about it.
1: Well, if you, as long as you know what you're about to watch and you know what it's going for and the era it's made as well. Um, oh, I mean,
2: yeah. I've got written down here. Is this the most '90s movie it's ever made? So '90s.
1: <laughs> John Woo is quite is so specific to that era, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got '90s action star, and if you go into it knowing that's what you're going to get. You're gonna have a great time. Oh, absolutely! I mean, how did you both discover
2: this film? Because obviously, it came Rob out in like 1993.
0: My good, my good <laughs> friend seriously? Rob was,
1: Parker. Was it me? <laughs> for,
0: oh, yeah! Yo, I'm so happy about that. I'd uh, never no, heard
2: f- of this film
1: before meeting, really? meeting you, Rob.
0: Yeah, oh, love you, man. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> the for me it was um, this was one of those tapes that was passed around in high school. You know, like yeah. um, a VHS. Like, um, has anyone got who's got a hard target this week? And it was one of them things like that. You know. Some of the cool guys were obsessed with it, you know, and um, one of my mates had it on video, and we'd, we'd pass it around and, like, and then you'd have to sneak it home you know and watch it, and couldn't get over what you were seeing.
2: Yeah, I think i I've, I've maybe discovered this like on a when I was about fifteen or sixteen, you know, just sort of channel hopping. Mm. in bed or whatever, and I just stumbled on the last 40 minutes of this film, and I'd never seen a John Wu film before. <laughs> Which is
0: one long fight scene. <laughs> yeah, I'd never seen a John <laughs> yeah. Wu
2: film before, and I was like, wow, what the hell is this? Like, yeah, this yeah. Is inc- I mean, because at that point, I think I'd probably seen a few Van Damme films by that stage. I mean, I'd put it on the table. This is by far the best film that he's ever been in. <laughs> oh, Van Damme? Yeah, I, think, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, I quite like JCVD was really good. Um but he was sort of playing that meta van Damme, wasn't he? You know, it was himself in a in a way, wasn't he? He was it? trying to act. He was he was doing a damn good job of it, James. <laughs> all, right, all right, settle down.
2: <laughs> Robbie's also moonlighting as John Claude Van Damme's agent.
0: <laughs> and we're doing very well, thank you, James. <laughs>
1: the phone never stops. How's
0: ringing. that Amazon series going? <laughs> Stop it. The man's my hero. Um, hey, that
2: Amazon series was funny as fuck. It was uh, really good, it was wasn't it? So it was really funny. It was quite good. I think I watched the pilot and enjoyed it. Did it go yeah. to series? Actually? Yeah, it did yeah, yeah. Did it? All right, okay. I must catch up on the rest yeah. of it. I watched the pilot and did enjoy it. know why I'm dissing it. I really like this film. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, well, uh, one of the reasons that um, well, we have a criteria, don't we, for having a chat about these films or putting these films forward, and one of them is um, whether it had a poor critical reception. Or whether it was a box office bomb. Um, what about what was the critical reception for this one?
1: Uh, yeah, as you can expect, it was it was quite middling actually. Like some people got it, I think, and then some people, uh, you know, treat it on a level as the good Oscar films of the time. Um, and you can't treat this film like that. So well, wasn't no. that
0: '93? Wasn't that Schindler's List?
1: Yeah, so <laughs> okay, yeah, definitely yeah, Jurassic Derek Park, composed. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So if we're looking at like Rotten Tomatoes, I've got it as three, 53% on the critic scale. Um, and then surprisingly, I think, the audience scale is slightly lower. at 40%. I know, exactly
2: the same. Because this, this is a crowd pleaser. I'm sorry, yeah, everyone yeah. is going to get a kick out no, of this. So I don't know. Um, I don't know about you, Si, when you were reading the reviews, did you just think that a lot of the critics from who were actually reviewing it at the time obviously knew John Woo from his Hong Kong films? And they were and a bit disappointed, a, I think. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, because he's making a film in America and he's no longer just like this cult filmmaker that they know about, did you think that you yeah. wanted to stick the boot in a bit in that sense?
1: That wouldn't surprise me, to be honest, because it's that whole <clears throat> like when someone's a cult figure and they're very niche.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you like a band... Oh yeah, exactly. When nobody knows who, yeah, who they, they are, yeah. Like, oh shit, no, cuz he's just he's commercial.
1: <clears throat> he's a sellout, that um, yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. But uh it fares a wee bit better on IMDb's audience rating. It's got 6.1. Uh so that's a bit better. I mean, I have to be honest, anytime I see a 6
0: on IMDb, I'm like, well, I know I'm going to like that. <laughs> 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 that's my gradient for success. Like, yeah, we're in there. <laughs> yeah. Anything over 5, I'm I'm thinking, "Oh, this is <laughs> i'm in an exalted company here
1: yeah but i mean well empire so you know kim newman who's a pretty well respected critic he liked it he was like yeah he did yeah he was like yeah yeah um, didn't didn't, doesn't feel it's as good as what uh john woo did in hong kong which to a degree i don't think it is i think you know it's
0: no i mean i think those movies are immense those three that you mentioned James earlier on yeah, um, they are absolutely incredible and so locked into a time that again yeah, that absolutely. sort of very early 90s um, 80s to 90s crossover period of Hong Kong cinema which Wu was just the absolute king
2: of and doing oh, things Chow Yun-Fat's the man in yeah, he, like, put two on nine yeah. millimeters in that guy's hand I mean don't, Jesus don't, honestly, forget about but it. you have like yeah. I mean you watch
1: Hong Kong cinema of those times and even before that like uh, when you go to like Bruce Lee films, there is, a lot of them are quite tongue in cheek and they, they are a yeah. bit cheesy and they are a bit corny. Yeah. Yet when you're watching it uh, as a Hong Kong film, it gets away with it because that's what, what they are exactly. as a genre. To bring that over, then over to America and essentially do the same thing. like
0: Yeah, and I thought he massively dumbed down a lot of that. He dumbed down a lot of that stuff.
2: Oh yeah, totally. So he, yeah, it's nowhere to near appeal. as earnest. Like, yeah. his Hong Kong films are so incredibly earnest. Like, yeah. the shootout at the end of The Killer in the church Oh, is... yeah. Where like, they're weeping <laughs> as they're mowing down henchman <laughs> after henchmen. Like...
0: Yeah, I, I think um, I read uh, somewhere about this one, um, about Hard Target, obviously, that Wu had to recut it so many times, not for the um, MPAA, for the... Um, uh, audiences because they were just walking out because he'd used so many fades <laughs> oh, <laughs> which yes. audiences in america fades? at the time were yeah exactly they just didn't know what they were watching so fades um in american um sort of moving image productions at the time were all associated with the passage of time and i was watching it thinking like if you took every fade literally this movie takes place over a few decades <laughs> <laughs> Although Van Damme gets changed once During that period oh, We'll talk about that outfit later It's as iconic as anything I've ever seen, James
2: I'm not even taking the mic Why do you always think I'm having a <laughs> Uh
0: Let's just say I went to a few fancy dress parties In double denim ah. <laughs> with
2: a mullet. Right, yeah. let's let's discuss the hair. Are
1: we calling it a mullet? Oh yes, 100% a mullet. But it's a gorgeous mullet. It's a greasy yeah, it's a gorgeous bitten mullet. Bret Hart
2: mullet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, the oil, I mean, what was the budget for the film?
2: The budget for the film was 19.5 million and it actually grossed 74.2 worldwide. Oh, that's good. Nice. It's still so well, well on the, yeah, of the yeah, box yeah. office. Yeah.
0: Especially when you consider that 20% of that budget was just on snake oil for the hair. Oh, yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, this is, we're talking about an era here where a film doesn't die on the opening weekend, you know, that three-day period as to whether it's going to be profitable or not. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can't get these kind of films made these days in terms of, you know, if you think about the environment at the time, obviously there's a big audience for these type of action thrillers and you've got the top tier guys, your Willis's, your Arnie's and your Sliced Stallone's, and then you've got Van Damme as sort of a second tier kind of action star yeah, who can open a film and it be profitable worldwide.
0: Yeah, that's it's interesting. And now to, when you put it like that, James, like you can't imagine that time Happening ever again. Really, no, yeah. Oh, because no, no, this will have just
2: hung around in cinemas for about three or four weeks, you know, like <laughs> Yeah,
0: and and you know, if you go into a multiplex and I mean, again, for me, gone are the days where you go to the multiplex and you go, Well, what should we watch? And you look across all the movies and now it's like, Well, yeah, you yeah. make a specific trip to see something, don't you?
2: Oh, well, Avengers is on eight screens and then there's some other like counter programming <laughs> yeah, on two of the yeah. others, like, yeah. Yeah, that didn't happen back then. There wasn't, no, no. You know, tent poles obviously did really well still at that time, but yeah. this level of movie could actually survive when it was released into the marketplace. Well, that's—I mean,
0: that's nearly quadrupled its budget. Oh, you know, yeah, in it's terms of that out. Well, I doubt you've, yeah. you've
1: got two factors there, don't you? You've got John Woo's first American movie, and yeah. then John Claude Van Damme is, as you said before, James was like riding the wave at that point in time. You just look at it, like. Was he the best looking '90s action dude? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yes, he wins oh
2: hands yeah. down, absolutely. yeah,
0: yeah. I I used to look at his stubble and think like, how does a person do that? How do I get that? I don't know how. You know, like it is that perfect. I...
1: <laughs> As the film progresses, he becomes less clo- so. He loses an item of clothing after every twenty uh, minutes. Swoon. So yeah, he's <laughs> he's just te- teasing everyone. <laughs> yeah, he is an absolute babe. Total babe.
0: Yeah, the illusion is slightly dented quite often by um, some of the funniest um, body double work I've ever
2: seen. Oh, my word. Oh, I know. (laughs) Particularly Um, on the motorcycle was very (laughs) glaring. (laughs)
1: Trying to keep his head down as much as possible. It's like, you're not getting away with it, mate. We know it's not him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, if you are going to hire a body double that is a lot chunkier than the main star and give him a very obvious comedy wig,
2: (laughs) it will give it away. (laughs) Yeah, especially when you have a director who shoots Austin Stanchardly in slow motion. Yeah, well. yeah. from multiple angles. Out, I mean, I
0: mean, on the top, on the topic of, of slow motion and angles and stuff like that. Um, the camera is never still in this film. Oh, no. John Woo has brought everything possible to the table here, hasn't he? Yes,
2: I mean, it's a perfect sort of vehicle for him and Van Damme. So I yeah. don't know what whether it's a bit of a chicken and the egg thing, is it? Is it Wu putting his style onto Van Dam? Is it Van Dam putting his style onto Wu, or is it just sort of emerging in the middle? Because I don't yeah. think Wu's ever shot so many roundhouse kicks. In oh his life. no! Like,
1: <laughs> constantly just roundhousing people in the face, making uh, them look well,
2: boot.
0: There was a geezer at the, <laughs> the end. Got I, I counted how many times uh, this guy got this geezer at the end um, got shot. He lo- looks a bit like a pug. Uh, the guy the end, he got shot seven times at point-blank range. Then Van Dam did a spinning <laughs> heel kick to his face and then he emptied another eight shots in him.
2: I think, I think he's it. dead, I,
0: Jean-Claude. I think he's that, dead. Not
2: to, I know we're jumping all over the place here, but know, if you had know, to do yeah. that that uh, final sequence as a meme, it'd be that Simpsons meme of, Stop, stop, he's already <laughs> <Yeah>. dead. <laughs>
0: Um, on on that uh, something that caught my eye watching it again is you know and this is he loves to introduce something Van Dam uh, sorry not Van Dam woo doesn't he and he gives um, Van Dam two introductions mm. in fact it's three he gives him three character introductions one with that gorgeous close up of that immaculate stubble when he's having the, the, gumbo. the gumbo in oh. the hand, and he describes it as a oh, tragedy it's the gumbo. a tragedy <laughs> tragedy. I think you know when I was in my teens, like Mum would ask me at dinner, like, "How was dinner?" I'm
2: like, a "Tragedy." <laughs> oh God, you must have been a nightmare to live. With.
1: Did uh, you eat dinner with like long greasy mullet and a, a,
0: <laughs> deep, and a long the denim jeans? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mum would shout, "It's dinner time, Rob!" And I would run upstairs to to double denim myself up.
2: <laughs> Robert, uh, take those then- walking boots off in the house. <laughs>
0: yeah. Stop roundhouse <laughs> kicking your dad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's that there's that intro in there, and then there's and then he says, "Ah, oh, there's so I just love it all." And then there's outside the Half Moon restaurant where you know they're being horrible those those scumbags to poor Yancey Butler. Um and you know it's it's all very much in broad daylight. I mean the yeah. I know the police are on strike, but are they on? I mean, are they absent? Is
2: <laughs> is any law and order absent in this town? Well, Rob, if you've been paying attention, you should notice this from the film. Considering the eight million times you've watched it, there is actually a police strike going on at the time. <laughs> oh, no, that's oh what is I mean, that what it is? <laughs> like, I, I totally yeah, missed
0: that. I mean, you couldn't do that in broad. They, I mean, are they that brazen? I mean, obviously there is so much criminality in plain sight in this film.
1: They um, must. Have- Throw that in afterwards. <laughs> they must have put those scenes in afterwards. That yeah. there was a strike. Where are the cops? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, where no is cops. anyone? Is there's the there's no one on the streets. Like, uh. like it seems like they filmed everything exterior in the same street corner, just dressed, <laughs> yes, to weave it yeah.
2: differently. Where there's yeah. no one there. There's there's no one there apart from the criminals and Van Damme. <laughs> just going back to the uh, yancey Butler incident in the in the street. You know Van Dam, uh, who's uh, I think we should mention his uh, character name now if we haven't already, who plays a character named Chance Boudreaux, <laughs> I mean, which is one of the best character names it, ever. It
0: is actually genuinely just good. Name me one better. Name me one better. I can't think of but any.
1: Wasn't there a bit where they say like, "Why are you called Chance?" Oh yeah,
2: my mama took and- one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then he's and then he's. What does know, that like, mean? He's he's like chalk one up, I, you know. I've obviously styled that one right out, and then he says, "What's her name?" This is to Yancy Butler, and she says, "Nat." You know, and he says, "Your parents name you for a bug." <laughs> <Like, laughs> jean Claude, serious? She is your boss. She's paying your wages here, mate. Two hundred and seventeen
2: dollars. Like
0: <laughs> Two hundred seventeen dollars. I mean, I lo- I love it all. Obviously,
2: the
1: prologue is wrapped up in like five minutes before we get to jean Claude oh, Van Damme. Yeah. And then it's one-liner city. Like, he just churns out one liner after one liner. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know,
2: at this stage, we should probably do a synopsis for the film, which we haven't done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah. Does anyone have one? I mean, I can go... uh, Can I do one off the top of my head? Yeah, yes, well, go for yeah, it. Yeah, the best all right. Qualified. Thank you very much. It, uh, in a lawless New Orleans backwater, Jean-Claude Van Damme dons double denim to take down uh, a hunting ring, where the 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 target is the the humans.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but not just any humans. This specific type of humans. So oh yeah, uh, homeless ex-vets. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's they the one, they yeah. have
1: to. They ha- They have to be skilled, don't they? Not just like yeah, a random yeah. bum on the street, because that's easy. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, the t- the tagline for this film is, "Don't hunt what you can't kill."
0: Oh, War, Floor. I'm in a twitch. I'm a twitch. There, yeah, get in there. And and the film obviously opens with them hunting what you definitely can't kill, Mick Foley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the first thing I wrote down, literally the first thing I wrote down, is that Mick Foley. <laughs>
2: No, it's not. It is Chuck Ferrara, the screenwriter. Oh, is it? He looks a lot yeah.
1: like Mick Foley. I was convinced it was Mick Foley. I also loved as well, like, Chuck Ferrarara, whatever he's called, when he, when he got... Killed by the arrow, you know, through his heart. And he's try- I don't know where he's trying to go. He's like on the boardwalk, and he's trying to on a pier, and he's trying to go into the water. Yeah, that's a and good then- place to escape. Yeah, and then uh-
2: well, no, the rules are if he gets to the river, he gets. Oh to yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Oh, so he's, a- oh, he's- it is? Well, he's about to get. His he's not. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> uh, and then he gets killed. And then as he falls into the drink. That's when directed by John Woo fades up.
0: Oh, yeah. yo. Which was like. And, oh. uh, also, that uh, amazing moment where when that hammer blow arrow goes right through him, it goes in one place and out the other. <laughs> it's not a straight yeah. arrow when, you, when they pull back.
1: <laughs> and through
0: his I dog mean, tags like-
1: as well. Were his dog tags glued to his chest for the. To- <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: Soldered there's more arrow time in sport. this movie than Prince of Thieves, isn't there?
1: Like, it's absolutely <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. They reused the that, of one, that one arrow shot about 50 times. Like, but, but what an arrow fil- shot. Oh, it's a, it's a, that's where most of the budget went, I think, on that fancy arrow yeah, shot.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I read um, that the, the original cut of the movie also went um, well in excess of two hours because it featured so much more of uh, Van Cleef and Fouchon, who's um, Arnold Vosloo and um, Lance Henriksen.
2: What a double act. They were amazing.
0: They were absolutely amazing.
2: So or uh, Bishop and the Mummy, as I'm gonna call them, because I haven't bothered to learn <laughs> their names. Is Arnold Mosloo like, is he
1: South African by heritage or was he putting up was that his character?
2: No, no, no he's he, he is South African He so, is yeah. South African, right. Yeah. Because I was um,
1: trying to figure out why he was South African. I mean it was it was great. I had no quarrels with the fact he was South African, but <laughs> he was ace and yeah, what a double at that yeah, one. Yeah, I mean properly on well, I know you or... I know
2: you mean that, Simon, because you wouldn't want to hurt.
1: My <laughs> <laughs> and he says that twice in the
0: film. That's his catchphrase. Is, is that why it was? I was like, I, I've got it in my notes here. They couldn't give him another payoff line. Like Van Damme's got my, maybe 400 of them, but they've, they've got to give poor Vosloo the same one over and over.
2: What's your favourite Van Damme line in this movie? Uh, my favourite is, we've sort of glossed over it, so after Yancey Butler uh, gets in trouble for not being more careful with her wallet. <laughs> The pronunciation of words is pretty bad. The street tops tops come up to chance, right? And he's like, hey man, why don't you get out of here? And then he goes, and he pulls a flick knife on him, which is the most 90s street weapon ever. (laughs) Uh, And he goes, he goes, why don't you take your big stick and your buff (laughs) friend and find a bus to catch?
1: Oh, that bit. And then it goes down and he reveals (laughs) his, his like. Really big leg in his lovely corduroy <laughs> pants, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Uh, Some people are about
2: to get kicked in the face. <laughs> <Hobo sheep>. <laughs> <laughs> but I, he uses I, I, that that someone might be gay as an insult twice in the film. He does it later on. Like, um yeah, he, he goes, yeah. uh, he goes to Rand. Poor Randall. We'll get to Randall. Oh, we'll Randall. Get to him, yeah. He goes, "Tell your boyfriend Van Cleef." <laughs> So, it's chance an ass kicking good guy, but I think he's a bit of a homophobe as well. Your boyfriend, when I say like the way he pronounces words,
1: when he says "and your boyfriend," but then he goes, he says yeah. it a bit where he goes like they talk about uh, New Orleans, and he goes, "Ah, oh, it's a shame. This used to be a nice part of town." <laughs> <laughs> he can't say town.
2: He goes, tan. <laughs> this used to be such a nice part of town. <laughs> uh, I think
0: um, I. I like uh, – there's a, actually a nice line when he comes in. And he's actually – it's where Van Damme actually steals Vosloo's, Vosloo's line when he's got beat up uh, and he's he gets arrested. And um, Butler comes in and says, oh, you look awful. And he says, darling, you had my feelings. <laughs> no, I went into Van Cleef to do it. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. You had my feelings. I thought he did it really really nicely. And she gave him a little smile. The kind of smile that she does later on, obviously, when... We have to talk about the snake, don't we? We do. Oh, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. Get we'll to get, that. To that. we'll, we'll get, get to that. We'll get to that. Okay, okay. I mean before we
2: leave uh, Yancy Butler getting backhanded in the street oh, yeah. in broad daylight. <laughs> um there's one thing that I will give Van Damme credit for here and you know he doesn't get much credit as an actor because he's classed as an action star who with a weird accent who can't act basically. That's Which that's, is unfair. Yeah, unfair I would say because I think he's better than a lot of He's better than Arnie. Let's be honest, and he's a good dancer as well. I never
0: thought. Yeah. That. <laughs> oh, he is. He is. He yeah. can
2: do the splits as well. But there's a bit where he steps in. You know, when them street toughs, one of which has still got his hand on Yancey Butler's ass while Chance is having a word with him, right? And he steps in <laughs> and <laughs> I opens. Didn't his, see that? Yeah, and he opens the car door for her, and he goes, "It's okay." Like it just gives oh, her this yeah. reassuring movie star look. At I got twitched, twitch, honestly, like. <laughs> and he does that wink as well, doesn't yeah. he? I will follow you to the end of the world, Chance. And
1: she's on his, on his side straight away with that. Not because he's a yeah. most handsome man
0: I like that there's that little bit of vulnerability about him, although it's so scant because you have to believe he's nailed. You know, when he <laughs> admits he doesn't have a driver's licence. I don't have a driver's <laughs> licence, man.
2: I bet he can't read.
1: <laughs> I think that was like a genuine Van Damme thing, and they were like, "Oh shit, we're gonna to have to write this into the script because he can't drive <laughs> off." On this. There's a few. There's a few times when
0: he goes really sassy as well, Van Damme. You know when they won't let him on the boat, and he's like, "How can I get the funds? If I cannot get the job, and like, all right, mate, you know, just settle down." You know. And I'm like, I'll get the money. I'll get it. Oh, just settle in, will you? Yeah. But he does that. That Yancy Butler bit is the first time he does the wink as well. In it, yeah. That yeah. little, that little tiny little wink. So I did a, from that moment. I did a wink count throughout the film. <laughs> um, how many times he does it? Um, and he does it five times. Number four being the best because it's a pigeon that lands on his shoulder. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, he, like, in the middle for of a gunfight.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's that woo saying, like, oh, "I'll, I'll try something different. I'll just change the species of avian. No budget <laughs> avian for intruder. it. Can't afford the
2: doves. Pigeons yeah. everywhere. We'll John, make it work. Ratty
0: ground rats. Sky rats. Um." That moment actually at the boatyard is where um, we get the second introduction of Van Damme. um, Sorry, the third introduction of Van Damme, because he gets three separate character introductions. Oh, he does. Oh, yes.
1: Now I remember this one. Yeah,
0: every time. And we pan up and we see him. And and every time he comes on, Van Damme, there's that lovely slide guitar. (laughs) And and here he is, smashing the double denim
1: again, snake oil through the hair. Our man is back. The music throughout is. It's not only peak 90s, but it's like peak Hollywood as well. So, yeah, yeah. There's, there's like a different motif for it each bit. So, uh, Van Damme's got his little intro where it's like the slide guitar. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, 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 dun. yeah. And then you've got the New Orleans music. Because when it started, I was like, the music, I was like, oh, we're in New Orleans straight away. You didn't need mm, to see. Yeah. Uh, any skylines of New Orleans? They didn't even show any of that. Anyway, they just totally did the music. Went, yeah, we're
2: in <clears throat> New Orleans.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And it makes yeah.
2: quite a lot out of the setting, actually. I mean, the whole I do. I the finale takes does. place yes. in the Mardi Gras graveyard.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it gives uh, Van Damme a chance to say the word graveyard.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like, go going back to the music. Some of it sounds like it was like recorded by a Michael Bolton-looking motherfucker. <laughs> And he recorded it at night, obviously
2: by candlelight. Oh, yeah. Shot by Michael Mann as a uh, via the late eighties.
0: Yeah, well, especially when they finally do that—a um, pan over the establishing shot over all of New Orleans, don't they? And um, it's like the skyline in the distance, and the guitar is wailing and echoing, and it's oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, the um, guitar is that, very the other, sensual. Oh, it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, we we were talking um, about the villains before, but there is another sort of uh, like an under villain, isn't there? In Randall Poe, Randall's just a uh, pawn. He's just a pawn.
2: He's <laughs> getting beat uh, up by you know, everyone. He's another
0: victim, isn't he? Uh, he um, he is given one of the most horrible introductions, Well, the wake up call from hell with Van <laughs> <the> <laughs> <gully. laughs>
2: Let me let me try and deliver it. Hello, Randall. <laughs> Wakey, wakey, you fat fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, karate chops him in his big fat belly. <laughs> you know, he cuts his hair you're off. in New Orleans.
0: <laughs> you're in New Orleans, and he's wearing full sweats to bed. I mean, you're going to be baking
2: man. <laughs> I imagine he's so sweaty it doesn't even matter at this stage. <laughs> he just wears layers all the time.
0: <laughs> he's. I mean, it's, uh, he is the. For me, when I think of you know that sort of that you know horrible token role that appears in lots of '90s movies of the overweight slob, he is the only one that pops into my head whenever that role is mentioned. It's just he is the best archetypal example of that for me. I
1: felt so sorry for him because he just constantly got manhandled. All his screen time, he was Mm. either getting what karate chopped in the gut. Well, he gets his ear chopped off as well. And then Van Damme. I mean his sexuality question yeah, by Van Damme. Van Damme did rough him up a little
2: bit. And then yeah. he gets
1: his his head blown off, like in the worst
2: way. <laughs> he and, gets and point blank when... shotgunned in the face.
1: <laughs> and
0: that's when Van Cleef, I mean, when you know he's a bad guy, when he goes, Ooh, when he looks at him, what he's done to him. Ooh. <laughs> Super. And uh,
2: before we go old, I know we've sort of got like a... Uh, Pray for Randall going on here, but let's not forget the fact that he's actually recruiting the homeless is, people is, to be hunted yeah. and murdered yeah. by these rich folks. <laughs> like, That's
0: right. Yeah. Oh no. Let's. I don't pray for Randall ever.
2: I mean, what did we think of uh, of the social commentary here? I mean, I thought this was if John Woo directed a Ken Loach film. To be perfectly honest, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it was expensive, yeah. wasn't it? It was like yeah. five hundred grand, was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, to kill a, to kill a homeless guy.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Expensive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, to yeah.
0: Ex military homeless guy. Yeah. And they say they've been, there. you know, Fouchon and Van Cleef have been doing it for years all over the place, like in the Balkans and <laughs> Eastern Europe and all sorts of places. Like, they've got a decent little racket the going. Rio de Janeiro.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I like that sequence where uh, Randall's recruiting the, uh, oh, is he called Elijah, the other homeless guy? Oh, uh, Roper. Who actually's Roper. got, a, yeah, Elijah Roper, he's called, I think. And uh and uh Bishop's just there tickling the ivories like mm. proper he's absolutely luxuriating in the role is Lance oh, You've never Don't I mean, put the scenery it. too close because he will chew it. <laughs> yum yum yum. <laughs> Yummy scenery.
0: In that scene as well, they pan back and he's wearing spats. You know, those like sort of vaudevillian gangster shoes. Is this guy... Have you ever seen a man love the role as much as this?
2: No, I don't think I have. He's having a I, whale of time. And he's
0: brilliant in it as well. And they have conduct this villainy right the way through it in broad sight of absolutely everybody. Yeah. I mean, the tourist trade is still roaring in New Orleans, obviously, <laughs> despite no police presence. And Roper... I mean, poor old Roper. When he gets given the 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 money belt, and he says, you know, well, what do I do if I don't make it to the river? And and Van Cleef gives this line I've never understood. You're a sports fan, Roper. Figure it out. (laughs) Figure what? What? I mean, I'll, I'll lose. Does it mean I'm automatically dead? You know, in this instance, yeah. But then he gets gunned down in front of absolutely everybody. Um, on Main Street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's like a big yeah.
1: party going on and uh, everyone's ignoring it because he's asking for help, isn't he? And everyone's like, hey, you've got no change, man. Screw you, man. Uh, yeah. Just, just genuinely needs help. But, but you're, you're just, know just missing who that is? you
2: rich fuckers. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that guy who delivers that line, like really chewing on it, I ain't got no change, man. Right. That is uh, Sam Raimi's brother, Ted Raimi. And you might have noticed that Sam Raimi is actually an executive producer on the film. Yeah. So the, the reason he got involved is the studio brought him on because Wu at the time coming from Hong Kong didn't have the greatest grasp of English, I don't think. And they were worried he wouldn't be able to get a tune out of the American crew. So they had Sam Raimi there just on standby, like if it all went south to step in and direct the film, I think. Um, what actually happened is he ended up being uh, Woo's staunchest defender against the studio when they were trying to tell him, like, what's with all the fucking doves, man? <laughs> 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 Why is he putting 55 bullets into that man?
1: <laughs> so, so that's the... I, I was surprised to see Sam Raimi, but again, that's the Vosloo connection, I guess, because wasn't Vosloo, like, in the, all the Darkman sequels? Possibly. Oh, was he? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen re- them up. for a long time. I think he replaced Neeson as the main...
2: The lead oh, guy he in did.
0: Batman, yeah, he yeah.
1: did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no,
2: that's Liam <laughs> <laughs> let's,
1: let's quickly roll on to the next thing. Was he out <laughs> looking
2: for people with a cosh? Is that why he couldn't do the <laughs> Darkman sequels? <laughs> they're his words. Get, they're his words. We will, we will move
0: extremely <laughs> briskly forward uh, with um, uh, a question on the... Um, well, story-wise, it's as economical as
1: it gets, isn't it? Really, ninety-six minutes—is it just? Yeah, just goes by like butter. It's just so.
0: <laughs> yeah, butter. It, it's like butter.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's. I think, like, I mean, the central conceit is brilliant, isn't it? There's people in a sort of a forgotten backwater area of America that are running these illegal hunting. Expeditions with the prey being the ex-veterans. I mean that for a premise is brilliant to start with, but well, then yeah,
2: but it's not their premise, is it? It's based on the most dangerous yeah, course, game, isn't it? Of <laughs> course, yeah, of course. Ferrara um, hasn't uh, no, this up. no, no, no. But I mean, from a, as a
0: story, you know, and then taking that story and then going right. Well, they they messed up. The people who did it messed up, and uh, they've, there's a daughter involved, and she's come back, and now she's got someone who really is. A tough guy who's <laughs> a tough guy who really <laughs> He really is, is a
2: tough guy
0: a double denim hard as nails legend, who is here to sort everything out um, and then the last forty minutes of the film, as we've said, is just one big long rumble which goes on yeah. for ages, and I absolutely love every second of it. oh, and that's when Wilfred
1: Brimley comes in
2: uncle duvet
1: uncle duvet chance chance. Oh. <laughs> Which, when pronounced as Sean's, makes way more sense, that he's called Sean's and not Chance. Yeah.
0: So did his mumma actually take a chance and not
1: a
2: chance? Take a chance on me. (laughs) Um, I think before we get into the final act, Smackdown... Yes. I do remember, you know, from watching this film with you guys over in that summer of 2008 or whatever it was. Mm. I became quite obsessed with a certain scene in this film. I don't know if you guys remember. <laughs> I think I, I, think I, I do. I know remember. I do exactly remember.
1: what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> so, there's a sequence where where Chance, Chance, he he basically cracks the case because there's no uh and he figures out that uh, Nat's dad has actually been murdered, and not just burnt to death in a factory, because he finds his discarded dog tag uh, with an arrow through it. Um, so he's like, oh, murder, bingo. Yeah, like Poirot, <laughs> like his yeah. Belgian comrade. Yeah, he's like Poirot. a multi- Yes. <laughs> he shits on Poirot I've never seen anyone po- <laughs> shot Poirot never roundhouse
1: kicked someone in the face as good as uh,
0: after emptying anything, bullets into their chest <laughs> oh, John Suchet and double denim roundhouse and kicking <laughs> Lance Henriksen in the face Who that's what wishes. I want
2: <laughs> so anyway um, Van Cleef dispatches some uh, some lads as Bishop calls I'm just going to keep what calling him lads? Bishop because I can't remember his <laughs> name
1: he said get the lads. It's like such an un American thing to say.
2: <laughs> um so one of these lads has one line in the film and boy does he go for it. Oh, he absolutely uh, goes for how it. How does he
1: uh, just remind us, James, how does how does he say this?
2: So I'm gonna say it I'm gonna actually quote the verbatim dialogue and then I'll I'll give you an idea of how he delivers it. <laughs> they kick the shit out of poor chance. They like hug him and all sorts of stuff. So uh, this street-tough offers what he calls friendly advice, but I don't think it's especially friendly. He goes, <laughs> he tells Chance uh, politely to get the fuck out of Dodge and do it today and tell that bitch girlfriend of yours to point her titties north and step on the gas. <laughs> How this is delivered in the film <laughs> is... <laughs> Just bear with me a second. Like... <laughs> I just grab this guy's motivation. <laughs> I'm in a John Woo movie. This is my chance. I'm bold. This is, and... charm. This, this, is, this is your chance. This is your chance. You only get one shot. You only get one chance. <laughs> you only get one chance. <laughs> right. Some friendly advice, Boudreau. Get the fuck out of Dodge. Do it three and tell that bitch girlfriend of yours the point dead is dead no, and step on the cage! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay, oh my I, God. I, I remember like, after that... I mean, am I exaggerating? No, 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 exactly no, no. was exactly <laughs> how Do you think John Woo just went, this is what Americans talk about? <laughs> <laughs> do it today! Do it today! today! And I think for that s- summer, I just basically <laughs> just kept doing that that quick line over and over again.
1: Oh, I'm actually crying. As you That's might so
2: imagine, funny. I was quite a hit with the ladies. That I remember
0: wow. hearing it. You know, like when we were in the nightclub after watching Hard Target, and we're like, "Where? Anyone know where James has gone?" <laughs> and step on the gear. <laughs> we we'll be somewhere and I'm like, Oh, he's over there. there. Yeah, we'll go find him over there.
2: But the gear is not. Oh, I'm being ejected again. <laughs>
0: As you were saying, he cracks the case in that moment, doesn't he? Um, because <laughs>
2: <laughs> they've got that sap. There's one police officer in the hall. What, sorry? Oh, yeah, there's one police officer. There's one police. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a birthday as well, Blotkin. I know, I know, I know.
0: And then she puts a lit candle in an office drawer. What an idiot. I mean,
2: what? Oh, I well, know. She could have burned and the whole then, uh, to bring this full circle, uh, Detective Mitchell, as she's called. So I've got questions about Detective Mitchell. So there's a citywide police uh, strike going on. So first of all, is Detective Mitchell a scab? Is she a picket jumper, Ooh. basically? Is she getting, like, bombarded with rotten fruit from the other strikers as she crosses <laughs> the picket line, like in Billy Elliot, on, <laughs> on the way to the office each morning? <laughs> And my mate, who just delivered that really subtle line, he's the one who ices her in the oh, air <laughs> when yeah. it all kicks oh, off. Yeah. He's hanging <laughs> out the jeep. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was very surprised she died, actually. I was like, oh, it's all right. She's just got, like, a flesh wound. She'll be fine. And then it's like... No, she's dead. I was like, oh. No, she's dead as fuck. Like, really hard. <laughs> I mean, they, and
0: they left her bleeding out, hemorrhaging all over the sidewalk as well. I mean, it was not a nice way to go.
1: While sat on the motorbike, and the, the camera angle's really low looking at her, like as if it's her point of view. Oh, yeah. And Van Damme just looks down and goes, she's already dead. And then the driver,
2: off. <laughs> it's time to go, Nat. <laughs> That's a chance at his most ruthless. I think
0: uh, he is a pretty ruthless guy.
2: Yeah, we have a, a crisp shoot out there after Mitchell gets iced by by Lawrence Olivier. Yeah, I, mean, I sorry to jump in, James.
0: I think that's one of the best shot shootouts I've ever seen. That bit on the sidewalk there, uh, just immediately after when they find yeah, Rand- great, that, but... Randall's body um, or what's left of it after Van Cleef's had a giggle over it. Um, that whole bit where it starts with. Yeah, Mitchell gets shot and then the motorbike comes along and Van Damme runs behind that car. And then does that, I mean, it's the most kinetic camera move following Van Damme's, you know, I'd like to think it's Van Damme and not one of the awful body doubles, but he jumps up and boots <laughs> the motorcycle dude in the head.
2: That is all It's dope. certainly not the same stunt double the human fridge <laughs> was uh, on the motorbike later in the yeah. scene That boot <laughs> to the face of
1: the motorbike guy was very satisfying. Very. Oh uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that I mean, I think a lot of the satisfaction of the impact in this film is the sound design is ace. You know, like everything oh, yeah. sounds like chunky and solid, and oh, it's horrible. Everything's everything's hitting home. Yeah, I love I it.
1: the lighting as well. Actually, while we're on sort of technicalities, I thought the lighting was very, very good. Yes. Yeah. When we're in Randall's office, the
0: lighting yeah, is yeah.
1: exceptional in that scene. Everything's all like through blinds. It's all very like noir-y. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, but it's the really film's good. got a very
1: distinctive look, and I think
0: that all comes from the New Orleans setting as well. Mm. I think it all comes from that. Well, uh, you know, I say New Orleans—that one corner of real estate that they had, yeah, yeah, which they probably. kept redressing over and over again. Um, but like they had that—that that is another iconic setting, isn't it? The, when they're chasing Roper, the graveyard, not mm. the graveyard. The yeah, the, um, it's such an iconic one, isn't it? Last time I saw anything like that, it's been copied so many times that sort of graveyard. I don't know whether it's based on a specific one. Oh,
2: there's a brilliant sight gag when they're chasing Roper through the graveyard and, like, this stiff who's paid to kill him, basically. He shoots, like, a a, a statuette uh, and blows its head off and Roper's, like, terrified face is right behind.
1: (laughs) One of my favourite bits. That's actually a very good... Well, I say it's a sight gag, but great
0: shot. It's amazing. It's brilliant, and there's all there's invention all the way the film through, like that all the way through the film, just like that, um, where you're constantly shown something more interesting and uh, interesting to look at, and an interesting way of looking at it, and an interesting way of showing someone get shot. 800 times <laughs> <laughs> you know Excessive. is, excessively you yes.
2: can
1: you
0: could never say that it is boring to no, look at no no i movie. mean and
2: it's not surprising it looks so good i've just looked it up uh, Russell carpenter uh, is the director of photography who shot true lies and titanic amongst many well, many other credits oh so wow. well there, you, not, go. there you go he's not the worst in the business for shooting for, for uh, shooting of those i would
0: as, i would assume this is this is the one that he's most proud of i would have thought <laughs> If he's not in he his take a, a good old look at himself, because it was John Woo who gave him the original chance. To,
2: uh, <laughs> um, you have a bit of Sorry. respect for <laughs> Attack of the 50 Foot Woman and Pet Cemetery 2 and Lawn Mower Man, my friend. Lawn oh, Man, wow.
1: Lawn Mower Man. Sorry, Pierce Brosnan uh, at his handsome. Oh, he best. shot
2: a uh, death warrant with Van Damme as well. Oh, brilliant. Oh, hey, this guy's career. got Again, a good
1: career.
2: No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No,
0: the lighting was great. I, I like to think now that it was Van Damme who actually pushed this guy forward for the job, saying, John, I've got the perfect guy. He needs a <laughs> chance. I've got to stop doing... The gag, writes, the gag writes itself every time.
2: <laughs> Just give him a chance. <laughs> Why won't you give him a chance? <laughs> Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, we've discovered. Uh, what about uh, we've discovered we've looked at the soundtrack, we've looked at visuals. Uh,
1: what about the
2: acting overall? Oh, I mean, superb, obviously.
1: Like- <laughs> I mean, I think, I, I think like um, as we've said, Lance Henriksen and Vosloo, great double acts. And yeah, in terms of henchmen, I'm really struggling to find as good a henchman as Van Cleef. In in any of those nineties, I know what you mean. Of... Like the head, the head henchman, the head, yeah, uh, the right hand man. Yeah, I'd not thought
2: of it like I, that. I, You're
1: absolutely right. Oh, it was great. I was devastated when he died. I was like rooting for that guy. I know oh. he's a horrible man, but yeah, I was he yeah. died yeah. so well though? Like it had
0: the. It was, uh, it was, it was 17 gunshots <laughs> to the stomach. <laughs> Only
1: 17, not enough. He's not dead.
2: No. <laughs> Before we get onto the the shootout in the uh, Mardi Gras graveyard with all the flow there's a couple of things that we've got to cover so basically Van Damme and Nat make off on a on a motorbike having taken out a load of uh, uh, Bishop's dudes right in in the streets, lads 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 yeah they are lads 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 Is that when he blows up the car? Yeah, he blows yeah. up the car. Yeah, I count yeah, it. it yeah.
1: cuts five times. So it repeats the car explosion five times. Yeah. It's that, uh, it's, you know, that. why not? The old trapping.
2: <laughs> and then, you know, obviously John Woo would go on to do Mission Impossible 2, which is a skid mark on that particular front, on the underpants <laughs> of that particular franchise. Great opening um, sequence, though. Woo. Opening sequences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, but the the motorbike sequence and the jumping over the cars and the shooting of the gas tank, this was like a little bit of a preamble and he's like, oh, wait until I get Tom Cruise and a big budget to do this Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Never thought about it like that. So anyway, Van Van Damme and, um, sorry, Chance and Nat (laughs) make it to the bayou uh, and they're making their way through the woods. And this is probably the most famous scene in the film coming up here, is they're making their way through the woods and they come across a, uh, well, Chance asks Nat to trust him with her eyes closed, which she's I expecting is... some
1: sugar. She is expecting some sugar. Really. She's
2: expecting some JCVD, <laughs> isn't she? Really? Like... <laughs> <laughs> but she gets a snake of a very different kind. <laughs> there is a rattlesnake on her shoulder, <sighs> which uh, Van Dam <laughs> pulls over her shoulder, right. And proceeds uh, and, to and a
0: guitar goes when he does it. <laughs> yeah. as well,
2: <laughs> and proceeds to uh, knock it out by punching <laughs> it in the face. <laughs> what else would you do? What else
1: would you do in that situation? I mean, of course you'd Jake. punch it in the head.
0: Well, <laughs> no. First he slaps it. Yes, he slaps it on the top attention. of the head first. Is that yeah, what it's yeah. for? I thought he was I, just, so. I thought this was Sassy Van Damme again.
2: <laughs> Probably was. I'm probably Bam. giving the, the screenplay too much credit.
0: There. <laughs> in, the, in the screenplay, it says "sassy chance does something sassy <laughs> with a snake."
2: <laughs> with a snake, it's not a euphemism. Uh.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, the, and the noise afforded the the punch to the head of the <laughs> snake is exceptionally
2: meaty. I can't imagine it being like a, you know. I mean uh, the snake has a bad couple of hours, doesn't he really? Because then Chance him. isn't happy with that. He's knocked it out cold, right? He rips the rattle off the back of it. With his with teeth. teeth probably, with his probably teeth. really painful, yeah. And he leaves it behind for Bishop and Van Cleef to find, basically. Uh so the poor old snake is like tailless, right? <laughs> and attacks one of the one of the Henchman number six, or something, and bites him in the face, and then Bishop gets really upset and blows its head off. <laughs> the snake gets treated worse than Randall in this movie. Nobody <laughs> hanging out.
0: Well, I, I never understood how this trap worked. You know, I mean, what did he do with it? Because <laughs> when we leave Van Damme, he just he he bites off the rattle, he winks, and 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 does that. You know, um, with something like oh, we, we live we, a we, trap. We, we leave a surprise you know and uh, <laughs> and he and then he fixes to throw it up in the tree what do, you do he just chucks it up there and then he leaves like a little snare for someone to stand on and then they stand on it and suddenly a, a snake gets chucked out of a tree it's like home alone <laughs> suddenly in these trees but with, you know, with mutilated snakes being flung out of these overhangs and this guy gets bit by, it's horrible and then he convulses immediately on the spot I mean, it's the most yeah. venomous snake of all <laughs> snake of all time no time for anti-venin this, this dude is trashed Yeah, and, and Van Cleef loves it he's like, ooh
1: this guy's good
0: this guy's good and he's got a smile on his face, oh, it's marvelous everything about it's marvelous,
2: so uh so yeah, from there they end up at Uncle duvet's place. <laughs> I think Rob's got a lot of love for Wilfred Brindley in this in this movie, haven't you, Rob?
0: I just well, I'd seen this before I'd seen the thing, and so then you watch the thing, and I'm like what's Uncle Dave Duvet doing? <laughs> Why is it? you know? And I didn't know that he had a, <laughs> he didn't have a cod French accent. <laughs> it's like, what's this? He's talking, he's talking like I don't understand. And and the fact that he was, there was some pseudo villainy at hand. I mean, obviously it's part of the, the, the plot of the thing. Um, it blew me mind that watching him in something else.
1: Overrated. <laughs> oh, behave, behave. Get I love that movie. I love <laughs> oh. that movie. I'm only joking. Oh. <laughs>
2: but in, I mean, Rob. Let's uh, let's talk seriously. Is uh, oh yeah. If you have to pick between the thing and hard target, which you go with?
0: Oh, it's hard target every day of the week and twice <laughs> on Sundays. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Outrageous.
0: <laughs> uh, no, but and then poor Uncle Duvets, You know, like he he sacrifices his
1: house for no and his reason. Moonshine business
0: for no, no reason. It never needed like, to they're not
1: even anywhere near the house when it blows up.
0: Yeah and uncle duvet has got some brilliant lines that i don't i don't think he i mean he looks like he is moonshined to the eyeballs right the way through the, the you know when he's cuz chance goes off and leaves Yancey Butler, uh, Nat, sorry, with Uncle Duvet. And they just hide in the bushes on a pair of horses. And he gets angry and he's like, oh, you know, uh, I think you should call a sheriff. And she just, she runs off after, we've got to go tell Chance. And he's like, oh, she should have called a sheriff. (laughs) He's just, he's on his own, this fella. He's mad. I love him. And then, of course, they go from there directly to uh, the, you know, because Sean says to him, we meet at Mardi Gras graveyard and then they they're off there that that and it's what a great setting for a final showdown
2: yeah the only the only real thing problem i have with this film is the um well you know obviously it's not a masterpiece but you know for the type of film that it is i think the helicopter chase is just so pointless like yeah, i can take him one, from the yeah. air no no we have to hunt him properly he's killed like 15 of our guys already, like just put an end to it. Instead, Bishop's trying to monetize this, this thing that's going to ruin him. Like, why not just hire some proper mercenaries and just take him out? Like? I, ju-
1: I just don't understand how he's forged this business. What is he getting? Like 500 grand a pop? Or is it 750 yeah. for these, for that we're trying to get? Yeah, yeah. Shots? They say it's an amazing,
0: you know, he's a, a stellar target, a premier target. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, essentially you're killing homeless people, so I'm pretty sure those people, if they were really desperate, could cut out the middleman and just not pay 500 grand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, so many unanswered questions about their, their business model, perhaps. you know, <laughs> Not one for Dragon's Den, perhaps, I'm not sure.
2: I would love to see Van Cleef and Bishop <laughs> take this to the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, what about? Um, I mean, as send-offs go for villains, we've talked about Vosloo's, but Henriksen's is pretty good, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah, Bo- what grenade down the trousers?
0: <laughs> yeah, and then he he's dead unlucky though, isn't he? He gets it out and unscrews dead it, unlucky. and then he he holds it there, and then and then like he's like ha ha ha, and then a spark licks. He says, Why yeah. didn't you just
1: hold it a, an inch further apart? Why did you still hold it like that? Just before that moment, though, like when um, his coat catches on fire. Oh yeah, yeah. It's him. It's not a man stunt double. It's mm. him. It's like holy shit, you're on fire. Get your fucking coat off, you idiot. <laughs> Stop <laughs> acting. <laughs> um,
0: and th- after that, when when um, when he's dead, the film ends really abruptly, doesn't it? Actually, I, that's oh, the, oh yeah. It, it, um, it just suddenly credits roll <laughs> when uh, the, uh, Uncle Duvet is uh, very upset about how injured he is. And he's not actually injured, it's his uh, hip flask of moonshine that he says to say, oh, it's a catastrophe. <laughs> and then suddenly, you know, um, and they hug and laugh and then the credits roll. And it's like, oh, right, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so what I'll gear that towards is the question, is this film, would you recommend this film for people to check out again, uh, to give it a second chance, is this film for our reconsideration? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely I
2: love this film. I think it's brilliant. It's not a you can't say it's like high art you never would but mm. as a perfect sort of a friday night film when you've had a couple of drinks or whatever you, and you know maybe devouring a takeaway or something like that like it's absolutely perfect for that you know you just go along it's a straightforward story you know I think the dialogue is hilarious whether that's <laughs> intentional or not I probably quote this screenplay more. You know, forget you. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's and Aaron yeah, Sorkin's yeah, yeah. like Chuck Ferrara has written the most quotable screenplay as far as I'm Mick concerned. Mick Foley, <laughs> Mick Foley wrote the-, <laughs> the screenplay. And yeah, the action's great. Yeah, and Van Damme's hilarious and brilliant physically as well. Like, yeah, I just, I just enjoy it. I think it's, I treat it like an action comedy. It's not, mm. but it's I, fun I feel is the like big it's so much word, fun, isn't it? I'm gonna
1: sort of give a little preamble to what I would say about Reconsidering, just by reading this review I found on a letterbox uh, from J.P. Smith. Great. I fucking hated this. I'm actually speechless. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. The The scripts, the performances, the editing, <laughs> all terrible. <laughs> fucking bad. <laughs> now, old J.P. Smith has watched this. He, what, this review was in 2017, so he's watched this with a 2017 eye. If you go in... Knowing it's from the nineties, knowing it's John Woo, and taking it tongue firmly in cheek, it's an it is an acquired taste. If you don't like action movies, you're not gonna like it. If you don't like nineties action movies, you're not gonna like it at all. But if you want 90 minutes a streamlined 90 minutes of fun with the sexiest 90s action star, hands down. Amen, brother. <laughs> amen, yeah. brother. It's it's such good fun. And I was I was in the, the spare room watching it while my uh, girlfriend was in the other room watching the Michael Jackson documentary. Um, and I was just pissing myself laughing for half an hour and a half. And she was in tears. So, I mean, who had the better night? <laughs> well, i uh, I I'm very succinctly
0: put, boys. I, I tend to agree. I mean, I know that it was my film that I brought to the table tonight um, to kick us off. But um, I think that's right. If you acknowledge what you're going in for. Uh know the players involved in this. Um you're going to have a good time. Don't just go in and enjoy it and that's you will enjoy it. Yeah. Um and have a good time with it. And like you say James, perfect Friday night stuff. Lots of fun sight, and I couldn't agree more with you with you both there. Um and uh so I think from us that is an a definite recommendation that you give this film another chance. Ah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um boys uh that was uh a thoroughly enjoyable discussion um tune in next time for another episode of for your reconsideration where i think we'll be discussing speed racer next time Ooh. and then yeah
2: <laughs> oh who picked that
0: <laughs> the man who just spoke <laughs> uh, and uh Yeah. In the meantime, please uh, catch up with us on uh, on Twitter for your reconsideration. Um, Have a great week. Catch you soon. Say goodbye, boys. See you guys. Bye bye. Take it easy.